Welcome to Skip the Queue, a podcast for people working in or working with visitor attractions. I'm your host, Kelly Molson. Each episode, I speak with industry experts from the attractions world. In today's episode, I speak with Kelly Wessel, Visitor Operations Manager at Zoological Society of London. We talk all about re-engaging your team with their workplace and the internal programme that they've developed to help them get to know and love the zoo again. If you like what you hear, subscribe on all the usual channels by searching Skip the Queue. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's lovely to have another Kelly on the podcast too, Kelly's. Double treat (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) Um, As ever, we start with our icebreakers. So, Kelly, I can't not ask you this question. What is your favourite zoo animal? Oh, that's like the worst question anyone could ask. (laughs) Because... We should say all of the animals are our favourite. Of course. Um, but I love giraffe. I have done ever since I was really little. Also, I'm only, you know, small myself. I'm only four foot 11. So I would quite like to see what the world would look like up there. And, and being so close to animals that big uh, is amazing. So, yeah, I've just, I've just loved them ever since I was really small. And then being able to work at a zoo where they live is just fantastic oh Kelly that's so awesome (laughs) actually they're my daughter's favorite animal as well she's a big um so you're in good company there and also four foot eleven I'm five foot two we were destined to be friends there we go (laughs) and both called Kelly that's it it's fate (laughs) absolutely okay what hobby have you always wanted to do but you've never jumped in with two feet to to give it a go I would love to be able to speak different languages but at GCSE, I went to a language college, actually, at secondary school. So we had to take two languages. So I took German and French, and I was awful. <sighs> For whatever reason it was, nothing would kind of stay in my brain. And I'd love to be able to speak different languages. But for some reason, it's just something that I, I can't quite grasp. I can't quite learn. I was very good at other subjects. But just languages have never been my my forte. And I've sort of gone back to try and learn through different apps and things. But for, for whatever reason, it just won't won't sink in. <laughs> it, it is really hard, though, isn't it? I did Duolingo yeah. like all throughout lockdown. Um, I was trying to learn Spanish and I realised that I was I could read and, and listen and understand more than I could actually speak it because you, you're yeah. not you're not doing that that element of it. And you need to kind of immerse yourself into the place don't you you need to really like yeah. throw yourself in it it's, it's really really hard yeah, yeah I think I agree with you on that one I think I would like to be better at languages not very good yeah at okay what is this is a weird one and you might have a really good answer to this because of <laughs> where you work what is your favorite smell and why <laughs> it's not going to be zoo related <laughs> I should hope not to be honest uh I and I know a lot of people don't like this smell but you know when it's just rained and it's got that kind of muddy earthy smell I love it absolutely love it love it on you know on holiday you have that smell at home when it's really rained and you go out and it smells I don't know what it is it just smells nice to me Uh, a lot of people don't like it but that I say that would be my favorite smell good smell yeah, it feels it's like the world has been refreshed. Yeah, to start again. 
Yes. I like it. All right, Kelly, what is your unpopular opinion? What have you prepared for us? So it's food related. I detest them. I absolutely hate them. When I turned 30, everyone was like, you'll love them. Everyone does. And I would love to ban them in any food whatsoever. Uh, And that is olives. I cannot stand them. Anything they touch, anything they've been in, you pick them out. The whole dish still tastes like olives. Yeah, I just really, really dislike them. I knew that you were going to say olives when you said everyone would say I'd like them when you turn 30. Yes. Because that you're supposed to mature into olives, aren't you? The taste exactly. of them. Wine and olives. It sounds great. Oh, I just can't. Any of them. Any any colour. I just can't, can't eat them. <laughs> I feel the same way about peas, if it makes you feel any better. Like, they taint everything that they touch for me. But, I mean, you don't, I mean, I, I, you know, I can have, happily have, like, a glass of wine without having to have a bowl of peas put next to me. So exactly. a bit of a nicer experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, brilliant one. All right, listeners, well, I mean, you might feel the same about olives. Let me know. Um, Kelly, tell me a little bit about your background before we get into like what we're really going to talk about today. Yep. Uh, so I'm currently the Visitor Operations Manager at ZSL London Zoo. I have been there for seven years now. I started out in kind of attractions, very, very young, actually, kind of 17, 18, as a seasonal host back at Chesington, who are owned by Merlin, um, and worked there whilst I studied and went to uni. And then I was very lucky that a role came up there which was managing their fast track and animal experiences team. So I, I gave it a shot and I and I got lucky. I stayed there for in that role for about a year and a half and then exactly the same job pretty much, but starting from the ground up came up at ZSL. And I've always loved animals. I love what ZSL does. You know, being a conservation charity, I felt that sat really well with my kind of ethos and, and morals. So I gave it a go, applied for the role. Um, and took on their experiences um, at the zoo there and then slowly kind of worked my way up to now being part of the senior management team at London Zoo um, and heading up Vista Ops so I look after um, security and first aid for the site it's all our emergency procedures and incident management as well as having a real focus on Vista experience now which we hadn't had for a few years especially with, with Covid hitting us but now we're really kind of a driving force with that. And that's a real part of our, our plan for this year. Amazing. Well, I mean, what an amazing place to be able to work at, Kelly. And obviously, like what you've said, it just fitted so well with kind of your ethos and what you love. It must be like a bit of a pinch me every day when you walk in there like, oh, this is I'm here. <laughs> I feel so privileged. I feel really privileged to, to work there. And, you know, I've got a four year old daughter who tells everyone at nursery that I work at the zoo and uh you know to be able to inspire her is is amazing and you know it's such a fantastic organization and I work with some absolutely amazing people I feel very very lucky to be where I am love that it's really good to hear I'm sure they'll love to hear that as well (laughs) we had um we had a really good chat a few weeks ago about a really interesting topic and it's very it's very topical actually this topic so you know they're Obviously, the pandemic is now over. The restrictions are, are are done pretty much. And so there is a resurgence of people going back to their workplaces or, you know, 
in some way, shape or form. You know, we might have this kind of hybrid mix of people working a little bit from home and back in the offices. And we had this talk about it in respect to the zoo. You've been tasked with developing a really interesting program to support your team in getting to know and love the zoo again, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, for like for me, if I worked at a zoo, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is the best place ever. I'm going back to it. And but I think, you know, people have been at home for so long and not been haven't been able to engage with their workplaces. You've kind of got to spur them back a little bit. Right. You've got to show them how amazing it is again. Can you like how did this all come about? Can you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously COVID hit the zoo, let's say for the last two years, you know, we've been operating very differently to how we did prior to COVID. A lot of learnings and a lot of changes operationally, which have been really, really helpful and have uh, changed us for the better. But what we found was that our teams were were tired. You know, our operational teams have been working so hard and we've been putting a lot of pressure on them in regards to getting us up and running and operating. Things changed quite a lot, sometimes very quickly. And my uh, chief operating officer, who is, is my boss, she sort of said, you know, people are feeling a bit flat. You know, what's going on? And I'm I'm one of those individuals who I'll talk to everyone who works at the zoo. I will ask how people are, what's going on, how people's teams are feeling. So I started to kind of put feelers out as to how teams are feeling and, and kind of across the board, everyone was knackered. Everyone was feeling a bit flat. So then taking that back to uh, to her and speaking to her about kind of what we could do, and we come up with this concept that we would create a pre-peak season launch, but it would be for everyone. So whether you worked in marketing or HR or our comms teams, and, you know, those teams worked throughout the whole entire pandemic, all of them from home. Most of them haven't come back to the office full time, um, as well as operational teams, including all of us in something that could get everyone excited again and kind of show off how good of a job we're doing and what we're going to be doing um, and really give everyone some key skills in regards to speaking to visitors, whether you work, you know, in catering or or whether you're just on site hot desking and, and going to and from meetings across site, you'd be able to interact with our visitors and just make everyone realise what a good job we've done and that we are doing. Um, and that's where kind of Operation Akapi was born, really. Operation Akapi, is that what it's called? Yeah. And what, so what does yeah. that, is that, what's the meaning behind that? So uh, Okapi is an acronym for Operational Knowledge and Procedural Information. Uh, one of our retail team came up with the name, so I'm not going to take any credit for that. <laughs> uh, but also everyone loves the Okapi at the zoo. Uh, we had a baby um, last year and they're just amazing animals. They were discovered by uh, someone who used to work for ZSL. So it's got a really good link back to our history and they're just super cute. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's lovely that it's come. It's kind of gone a little bit full circle with the name then. Um, this sounds great. So it, it is, I guess, I mean, everybody that worked through that pandemic was exhausted. I mean, anyone that's gone through the pandemic, regardless of whether you were working or not working, is exhausted because it was, you know, such a difficult time. So much 
to process each day so much new things to process each day never kind of really knowing where you're at all the time so to be able to re-engage your team in such a positive way is obviously going to have some really strong benefits for them and for the visitors what are some of the things that you're actually doing with the program can you talk us through that yeah yeah so we actually run it for the whole of last week so Monday to Sunday so we did two hour sessions we did Tea, coffee and biscuits always gets people to come along to this type of stuff. So that was uh, the first thing that we me. offered. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then kind of refreshed everyone on our emergency procedures, which is something that we need to do anyway. It's super important. But uh, I think people just assume they're doing the right thing sometimes because they've been there for so long. So we did and we did emergency procedures. We then went through what was coming up for 2022. So our whole entire program is planned. Um, by our programs team they're absolutely fantastic they bring in some amazing stuff so we could really get people excited about what was coming up the easter summer christmas uh the jubilee is then uh, had a bite-sized session on customer service and we're just about to embark on a really big customer service journey our operational teams are about to start mystery shopping and and put together a program so this was a real good opportunity to put customer service on everyone's radar and that we all have a responsibility for it with our internal customers, each other, as well as our, our visitors. So we did a bite-sized session on that. Um, and then we went through some accessibility um, and disability awareness. Uh, we're a nearly 200-year-old site and all our staff thought, oh, we're so inaccessible, you know, we're not accessible at all. We are, and it's really amazing to share that with everyone, that actually there's only two places in the whole entire zoo that are difficult to access for someone who has additional needs and and but the rest of our zoo is totally accessible and all of the additional engagement pieces that we do are are part of that as well so it was really nice to be able to share a really good story and message with those teams um and then we did uh, an orientation activity a bit of a scavenger hunt and that was to get people out of their seats, not sitting there just listening to us talk to them, but to go out on site and see some of those things. So, for example, we have a change in places toilet, which is phenomenal to have and means that individuals with extra needs may have only visited visited us for a couple of hours because they need to get home and and use facilities. We've now ensured that those individuals can have a full day out with us you know, and be dignified and have a space to go to go if they need it. So we showed everyone that we took them to key areas around the zoo. And we just kind of made it fun. Talked to people about us having a giraffe house that was is the only building now on site that is still the same purpose it was built for, and that the people who built it had never seen a giraffe. Uh, all these quirky really? little facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these quirky facts, you know, all our historical facts we should be using to our advantage and if you can give visitors little nuggets of information like that they go away saying I never knew that you know I've had they, they told me something secret about the zoo you know and in turn hopefully that then retains them you know turns them into a member or or gets them to visit or share their experience so we just tried to make it as fun as possible but giving that really key and core information to everyone in total Monday to Sunday, we had 250 members of staff attend, which is a really good turnout for the first time 
running something like this and all the anecdotal feedback that we've had at the moment has been super positive and uh we've already had emails saying i need to get this team on or these people couldn't attend are you going to run anymore so it's really positive and uh i have to thank my deputy carl uh for organizing you know the presentation section and the orientation because actually he did a fabulous job getting all that information together from key teams and was a real big player in in delivering um so yeah it was a really really great week oh what fantastic feedback that you've had so that's really positive isn't it I think what you said was really interesting about and we'll go back to the giraffe house that you said um that fact about whoever had designed and built it had never actually seen a giraffe before which is crazy can only imagine what was going through their heads um (laughs) but you know you said that little fact is something that you can share with the guests and they'll be really engaged with it because it's like a secret piece of knowledge like that they've they've just discovered but I guess that's the same for your internal team right you know how many of of the people on that day didn't know that little fact and it's it's those little things that you can share with your team to re-excite them about the place that they work right they've just found out something new that they didn't know about it definitely uh there's another one where we've got photos of Walt Disney filming our penguin our old penguin pool um that no one's seen before so we're able to kind of share really amazing facts and information like you said with with our own teams you know gonna go away and say did you know that about the zoo Uh, and I think sometimes we see the zoo as being really old and we are, you know, we can't shy away from that. We are, we have restrictions. We have, have listed buildings and things like that. But we're really trying to show it in a positive light and share our history because actually that's what's really unique about us. You know, we were founded in 1826 and, you know, we were the first scientific zoo and we shouldn't shy away from it. And I think that's what we were really trying to get across to people that we know that we have restrictions and barriers because of being one of the oldest zoos but actually that's really cool and share it with people tell people that we are that because then they sort of ask all you know what else can I find out or why is that like it is and we can hopefully explain it uh so yeah it was uh, really nice to be able to share historic stuff in a really positive manner yeah. and it not be seen as a barrier but be seen as you know knowledge well it's a massive benefit isn't it and I guess that was kind of that was one of my questions about this process that you're going through is so you're you said earlier that you're now behind um driving the visitor experience but I mean that drive can't really happen without an engaged internal team right so so what are the benefits of doing this for the team so you know when you're having a good day every person that you speak to is having having a good day and that's what we're kind of instilling in the teams you know if you're excited about coming to work and you're doing something that you're engaged with and you're having fun, people see that and it radiates off of you. And in turn, people feel happy and you're giving them a good day. By giving someone, you know, a fact that we've given you in, in their coffee sessions, you could potentially make their whole entire day uh, by just sharing that nugget of knowledge with people. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of the teams sort of sat there and went, actually, I I can make a difference I can just turn someone's day around by just interacting with them or sharing some sort of knowledge and you know that's from teams who aren't visitor 
you know focused or aren't, aren't out on the ground we're asking anyone and everyone to just kind of acknowledge our visitors say hello as you're walking across the zoo because that can really make a difference and I hope that all those people that we we had the sessions with last week if they take anything away that's what they take away uh, and use the most that's really nice isn't it it's empowering them to make someone's day a bit a little bit more special yeah love it and then and and I guess then the benefits to the visitors are they see how engaged your team are that work there they they get a better experience because people have been really positive to them throughout the day um does it would is there any other benefits for the visit from for the visitors perspective ultimately them having a, a good day out you know there's lots of opportunities to potentially transform those day visitors into members um which you know commercially is fantastic we've got a huge membership base already but our members are really important to us and we want to keep growing that as well as you know someone might see one of our volunteers and see that they're having a great time volunteering with us they might then want to lend us their time and you know be engaged in in that sense as well as you know we've tasked all the teams with just trying to get people to write in about their day um people love to write on TripAdvisor about a bad day uh, and we're trying to change that narrative and get people to write about having a good day out with us bonus if they mention someone's name you know amazing because we can track it back but ultimately we're all responsible for visitor experience wherever we work and so we want to try and push those positive reviews and give people the best day out with us yeah that's a big statement isn't it ultimately we are all in control of the visitor experience and that's quite that's quite a big statement when you put that out there isn't it and, and I guess like that's a, that's a hard thing to instill into someone who works in an office in the middle of the zoo for example or isn't a zookeeper because you could see how the zookeeper would change someone's experience but they might struggle to engage with it if they just well I'm so kind of the job that I do is so detached from the actual day-to-day experience that people are getting here um what other things have you been doing as part of the program that you could share with us talking about the power of hello so I think people don't realize how how amazing it is to be able to just say hello to someone and welcome them and also it kind of helps you with that awkwardness at times so we've got a part of the zoo as you come in the entrance there's a board, there's a big map, you know, you've walked in, you don't know where you're going, you're excited, the kids are running around and you're trying to find the first place that you want to go to and just turning around to that person, seeing that family and saying hello totally sets the tone for their day out. You're proactive, you're saying, you know, I, I can see you, I want to help you and so that's what we've been working with and that's just the kind of bite-sized bits of customer service that we've been doing with the teams is just trying to say to them we're not asking you to look at Disney and be you know that Disney member of staff when you go to Florida and you get treated you know like a like royalty we're literally just asking you to be confident and to just use everyday skills that we all have so just acknowledging visitors detecting that they might need help and just start with hello (laughs) It's such a powerful word, isn't it? As you were describing that scenario, I could feel my shoulders like just relax a little bit when you said hello. Because you'd be like, oh, yes, there's someone here to help me. Brilliant. You know, you can you can put yourself in that picture, can't you? Yep, 
you've developed this program with your deputy, Carl, you said earlier. So you've, you've kind of looked at how you bring all this together. What advice would you give to other attractions that are kind of looking to go through this process? Where, do, where is the starting point for all of this? And how do you work out what this looks like and how you build it? So we went out to the teams out on site, especially the operational teams, just to see what they felt they kind of needed clarity on. You know, you get the the stuff like emergency procedures or, you know, like your fire, your animal escape that we have, uh, all that kind of stuff, all the fundamentals mm-hmm. that we wanted to include to make sure everyone was confident in them. So you have your kind of core, core health and safety stuff. But then, you know, we started asking teams about how they felt about customer service, looking at training records, had teams even had customer training, you know, and... I don't think we've had any customer service training for a good couple of years in some of our teams. Then, you know, looking at what our visitors want, what do we want to to do with our visitors? And that sounds really a weird way to say that. But do we want to convert them into members? Do we want them to potentially be inspired to be our next generation of keepers or horticulture? Do we want to encourage volunteering? And so we sort of asked those teams that look after those areas about how we could then thread that in and the beauty of QR codes we all know how to use them now we've armed our team with little lanyard packs now with QR codes that if you want to be a member you just scan that code and it and it pops up and you'll be able to upgrade there and then standing in front of them you know help them do it as well as volunteering you know scan a code and you'll be able to see all our volunteering opportunities we're talking the talk and Operational Coffee is helping us to walk the walk now because we're now giving everyone the tools that they need to be able to give visitors what they're asking for. So we compiled feedback from all of last year, which was the most huge Excel document uh, that our marketing team pulled together. And we looked at key trends there as well. And that was our kind of baseline and our foundation for being able to develop what information we needed to give to teams and just looking at those trends I think you know you you sometimes read TripAdvisor or Facebook reviews and they don't make you feel great sometimes and you think I know teams try hard I know we're busy but then stepping back from that and looking at what positives we did have what negatives we did have drawing a line and saying this is what we're doing about it you don't feel so bad if you if you kind of read them now because you actually know what we've delivered and what we're asking teams we know what we're we're asking them to do so we can hopefully be confident that any of that kind of negative feedback hopefully we can address it or sadly you get those people who are just having a really bad day and we've just said to everyone people will just have a really bad day and that's fine as well as you've done what we've asked and you followed this little nugget of uh, of service training then that's all we can ask you to do and so yeah that's where we started and hopefully we will continue moving this forward so the program is in progress now we're recording this on the what is it the 21st of march um when do you how will you kind of review the, the process i guess you know, what you've just described as, as to how you've gone through the process to to put it together, I guess you'll kind of do that in reverse, right? You'll start to then review what the reviews are like and the feedback that yep. you're getting. Yep. So 
conveniently our biggest time for membership acquisition is April. So nice. we've trained everyone and given them all the information about upgrading to membership and, and all the details about it in March ahead of uh, what we hope to be a really big, busy Easter. Um, and we've got three weeks of Easter this year. So between myself, um, my deputy and the other senior management team, uh, we will start to review uh, kind of our social media and our TripAdvisor reviews from we've targeted from the 1st of April for three weeks. Um, and we will kind of see whether any of that narrative changes, but also look at membership acquisition. Uh, have Has that increased? You know, have the, you know, visits to the QR code that we've given the teams? How many visits has we had? Has that, you know, changed into into members or not? Um, and then also just get live feedback from from the team as well on kind of just a rolling basis. And we've just sent out a, a kind of review for those who have attended to just see what else they might need. Or if we were to run again, what would they like added? What did we miss out? Because this is a learning curve. You know, it's the first time we've done something like this. So we can always grow and learn from it. It's like you said, it's about engaging with the feedback and seeing what you can uh, improve on or add for the next one. And I guess, you know, same question we focused on the visitors there and like what their experience is and their and, and how that's improved. But how do you monitor it on the flip side? So you've got a huge team that's coming back and re-engaging with the zoo. How do you assess whether the program has worked from them in terms of their engagement levels? So we, as a, a duty management team, uh, host briefings every morning with the ops teams, ops team managers, and then also uh, our volunteers and our, our engagement team. So the first port of call will be to... Uh, be there uh, talk to them about it kind of keep it alive by talking about what we did last week what what we're hoping to see and also just in general be out on the ground Uh, I think as one of the senior management team one of the best things that you can do is just be visible to those teams and be supportive and so we'll hear it ourselves you know I very often base myself on the exit of the zoo for the last 30 minutes to hour for the end of the day saying goodbye to people and you just get anecdotal feedback there and then those individuals who didn't have such a good day normally will tell you uh, and then you can kind of talk it through with them and hopefully help turn it around there and then so it's about going out to those teams who are there visitor facing speaking to them and giving them the opportunity to feed it back to us so creating uh, ways for them to be able to feed back to us how they're feeling um, and whether they feel confident in delivering what, they, what we've asked them to do. Hello, I've loved this chat. It, it really shines through like how engaged you are with the zoo and what a special place it is to work at. And I, and I have no doubt that your enthusiasm and the programme that you've put together will pull that through to the whole of the rest of the team that are coming back now as well. Oh, I really appreciate that. I really do hope so. I'm super passionate and we want to make, you know, the staff's day as good as a visitor's day. You're giving us your time and we want to make it fun. And when it's fun, the day goes quick. You know, you don't realise that the day's gone when you've had a great day. So let's try and make it a great day every day for everyone. Yeah, that's perfect. It's a perfect way to end the podcast interview. <laughs> but I always ask my guests about a book that they love. So something, it can be personal, it can be work related. Uh, this book? So How to Be a Productivity Ninja 
so I went to a webinar that ZSL ran with an external company and this book I haven't actually opened it because I've got a digital copy but they they posted us all one of these after and it was so inspiring and I think working at a zoo we get so many emails or you get cc'd into so many emails and being part of a senior management team you do need to know everything that's going on but I think at times it's very overwhelming I think we are an email culture now especially with having to work from home um, and COVID so I went to this webinar and you know got some really amazing tips and tricks on how to manage your time but also your work and your uh so just learning you know ways of organizing your emails to go into certain folders right. because it's not as important for you to look at now or only checking your emails between eight and nine and actually having your email app closed then for the rest of the day until a set period of time so there was just some really really useful tips and tricks that if you know you're one of those people who is drowning in emails and trying always trying to get organized but this has been super helpful and I always go back to it you know when you sort of you you kind of get off the wagon a little bit and yeah. you sort of go, oh things are starting to feel a bit unorganized I'll always go back to it um especially my notes from from the webinar but also just having some bookmarks saved that just yeah ground me again and just set me back up <laughs> yeah that sounds perfect that sounds like something that we all need right now I don't know about you but I definitely am drowning in emails most days and I do get that yeah. anxiety of oh god I've got to go out of the office for a few hours or I'm going to a conference for the day what am I going to find when I come back from it complete and yeah and I find it. being in an operational role I if I am in the zoo I'm not at my desk. I am out and about doing things. I'm speaking to teams. I'm popping in and out of meetings here and there. And so I do find that, you know, when I work from home, that's my kind of catch up days. That's when that really helps because I just need that time to be able to catch back up. But I think people forget that when you're part of ops teams, you know, emails are great, but I'm not going to read it there and then I'm not gonna necessarily do anything about it until I've done my ops stuff so I think sometimes also if people email us too much we need to be honest about it and say just kick off uh drop me a line and I'll and I'll probably answer the phone quicker than I'll answer yeah. the email <laughs> that's really good <laughs> advice actually yeah pick up the phone it'll probably get responded to quicker yeah that's yeah kind of yeah. Something that I always try and tell my team, actually, if there's something that needs to be done urgently, you're, at, you're probably better off phoning than you are emailing. But yeah, great advice, Kelly. Great book as well. Well, look, um, if you want to win a copy of Kelly's book, if you head over to our Twitter account and you retweet this episode announcement with the words, I want Kelly's book, then uh, you will be in with a chance of winning it. Kelly, I've really loved this chat today. I think it's so relevant and so um just in my head when we chatted, all I was thinking about was people going back to an office. And I was like, oh, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Do people want to go back to offices? It's like same old, same old. I can't imagine not being excited about going back to a zoo, but then I've never worked in one. And I just think it's been <laughs> it's been really interesting to, to hear 
the small things that can make such a big difference to your team and to your visitors. So thank you for coming on and sharing that. Um, and I hope you have hope you have a brilliant summer. Come back and talk to us next year and let us know how it's all gone. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to Skip the Queue. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find us. And remember to follow us on Twitter for your chance to win the books that have been mentioned. Skip the Queue is brought to you by Rubber Cheese, a digital agency that builds remarkable systems and websites for attractions that helps them increase their visitor numbers. You can find show notes and transcriptions from this episode and more over on our website, rubbercheese.com forward slash podcast.